is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? So luckily on this podcast, we always have a Christian here to give us all of our answers. <laughs> so uh, I'm here with Christian Walton. So listen, there's a couple of different views on this. And uh, there's, there's what's called a, a, a teetotalism. And I have met, uh, the, when I first heard that term, it was one pastor told me he was a teetalitarian or teetotalitarian or <laughs> whatever he used to describe himself. But uh, most of the time, people don't use that word, but it basically means total personal abstinence from drinking alcohol, okay? Uh, but some people will stretch that to say uh, that drinking alcohol is wrong for all Christians. Uh, and then some people will say it's a freedom of the believer. Um, that's where, that's where uh, and then some people have this, what's called a temperance view of drinking alcohol, which is where you kind of like drink in moderation. You know, you can, you can have a little bit of alcohol, you can drink a little bit, but you have to drink in moderation. It's a temperance view. Um, and then there's another view, um, I think, I think a more extreme view. So there's, there's the total abstinence view, which is one extreme. And then there's the other view, which is like, you know what, we're Christians, we have freedom, we can do whatever we want. The Bible doesn't really condemn drinking. So uh, drink, do whatever you want, be happy, be merry, whatever. Um, and so those are kind of the views we're going to talk about. And uh, there is some division, I think, among Christians over this issue. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a little bit why it's an issue. And also we're going to get into, mostly we're going to get into the scriptures. What do the scriptures actually say? Um, so that's why it's going to be in our uh, one of our, our biblical theology kind of things. Uh, I forget what I call the playlist on YouTube, but uh, anyway, it's going to be called According to the Scriptures, and uh, we're going to talk about alcohol. Is it a sin for a Christian to drink alcohol? So Christian, you got anything to add there um, for our intro? Yeah, it's just division between Christians, between denominations. Some people leave a certain denomination over this issue, but it brings back to our theme what a bond of grace is over this issue. And we want to bring clarity during this video. Colossians 3, 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever our belief may be, we want to bring honor and glory to God through all of it. So stay tuned and be on the lookout for the podcast over is alcohol. That's it. Hey, everybody, you are listening to Grace Bond Ministries. Grace Bond Ministries is about sharing the word of God, having conversations about difficult topics, talking about apologetics, coming together, tackling issues, answering questions, studying the scripture, uh, doing devotionals. Listen, Grace Bond Ministries has so many different things that we're going to talk about, that we have talked about, we're going to continue talking about, uh, and this podcast is made for someone who wants to know more about the Christian faith, or wants answers to their questions, or just wants to ask questions, or just wants a safe place to talk about things, even things like politics, you know, abortion, uh, homosexuality, hell, you know, or just how do I have strong faith? That's what you're going to get when you listen to Grace Bond Ministries. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you are blessed and encouraged by what we do here. All right. Is drinking alcohol a sin? If you saw the intro, I'm sure you've been looking forward to uh, hearing about this because this is something a lot of Christians are interested in. I, 
And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of these we could do, you know, maybe that could be a whole series we could do. Christian is just going through and saying, is this a sin? Is this a sin? Is this a sin? Uh, is smoking pot a sin? Is, is, uh, you know, slapping somebody a sin if they slap you? <laughs> I don't know. There's, yeah. there's a lot of questions people have. And, uh, some of them are pretty funny. Uh, especially you, you work with teenagers, people, these teenagers, man, they'll say some crazy stuff. You know, like one kid said, is it a sin? Is it a sin if I pray in class, even though my teacher tells me not to? And yeah. uh, this is a very rebellious teenager. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for most people, if, if, if you just heard that right off the bat, you're like, oh, this is just a teacher trying to control the kids and say you can't have freedom of religion. That's not what it's about. It's just this kid wants to, wants to, wants to irritate the teacher. So he's going to act like he's yeah. sleeping and instead he's actually sleeping. I mean, he's going to act like he's praying, but he's actually sleeping. So. Um, but anyways, I think it would be interesting just to kind of, so if you guys have any other questions, anything you're like, Hey, is this a sin? Is that a sin or whatever? Um, you know, I, I, we, we definitely want to talk about it because we want to make sure you understand what the Bible says. Like, you know, we could, we always care less, you know, it all, we, even you should care less what Christian and Jonathan say, but what does the Bible say? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, do is what we're saying backed up by the scripture, all right, so we're talking about it, and in the intro, we gave a couple of different views um, of what uh, alcohol is, uh, or different views on what alcohol are, um, and uh, we talked about Colossians 3.17. There's a couple of verses in the Bible that kind of emphasize to do everything, anything you do, make sure you're doing it for the glory of God, because if you're not, so if it's, it's for any other reason except for the glory of God, um, you really need to question your motives there. Are you really doing this? um to to be obedient to god that's really what you need to question there um and so there's a lot of discussion going to that too but uh that's kind of what we're talking about and there is a there is disunity i think among christians um you know i i even have family members that um that think it's 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 okay to drink and and in moderation well whatever that looks like uh we'll talk about that here in just a second but um uh, um, you know, is, is it okay to drink in moderation or whatever? But uh, there is some disunity because some people are just so aggressively against alcohol that uh, they get really angry. And it's so funny when people get angry about someone else sinning because anger in itself is a sin. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and I had somebody call me out on that. I was there was something I was angry about the last couple of days, and somebody called me out on it. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but there is a disunity there. So one, again, one of the reasons Grace Bond Ministries exists is because as Christians, we are bound together by the grace of God. So you can watch this and you can say that Christian and I are completely wrong in our entire understanding uh, of, of this. But uh, I would definitely challenge you to say, okay, if, if Christian and Jonathan are wrong, then what do all these verses that we're about to go over, what do, what do all of them actually mean? Okay. Uh, so if you're going to challenge us, then challenge us. All right. Um, okay, so let's get into it. Uh, Christian, was there anything else introduction wise we needed to add? I think you covered it all. I'm ready to get started. Thanks all right, so, so the, the way we do this, and if you ever want to become a guest uh, or come on and be a guest on our show, uh, email us, reach out to me, Facebook Messenger, whatever you need to do. Uh, but one of the ways how we kind of do this is we kind of outline a rough outline of what we're going to talk about. And then sometimes it kind of goes off into different areas uh, that, that are, are good areas. But, um, you know, we kind of so our outline today is we're going to talk about drinking in the Bible, how that compares to today. Um, and then we're going to talk about the sin of drunkenness in the Bible. 
Uh, and then we're going to talk about Christian freedom within this and within other things. Uh, then we'll give our closing thoughts. All right. So our goal is to keep this right around 30 minutes. So we're going to uh, we're going to hop on through this real quick. Um, let me read a couple of verses and uh, uh, give some thoughts. And and uh, Christian, just jump in, you know, whenever, whenever you feel like it. Uh, cool. So Ecclesiastes 9, 7. So, so there are passages and verses that talk about when drinking uh, alcohol is actually a good thing. Um, for Ecclesiastes 9, 7, go eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart. For God has already accepted your works. All right. So drink your wine with a cheerful heart. I had one lady tell me one time when I told her, I said, ah, you know, as a Christian, I just, and I really, as a pastor, I don't feel comfortable drinking alcohol. And I'll explain why uh, to you all here in just a minute. Uh, but she'd said, well, Jonathan, do you not want joy in your life? And uh, this is kind of what she was talking about. And there's some, some Psalms she read to me. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but um, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to be joyous, you need to drink wine pretty much. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> I heard that before, but, um, you know, this kind of goes to show that maybe, maybe drinking wine, especially in their culture, maybe drinking wine wasn't wrong. I mean, it couldn't be wrong if he was saying, go have joy in it, because if you're going to do something that's disobedient to God, uh, in the Bible, it's not going to tell you you're going to have joy as you disobey God. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the Bible is not going to say that. Uh, so maybe I mean, to that back then they pretty much had water probably or wine. Yeah. Like if you're looking at her argument now, we've got Coke, we've got soda. Mountain Dew has almost every flavor known to man by now. Like we can drink all those and be joyous just as much as we can drink wine and be joyous. That was like their celebration drink. Yeah. And now we have punches and milkshakes and, blizzards and all that other stuff yeah we got all kinds of fun things <laughs> yeah they pretty much had water one so yeah. be there. and that's kind of how some people do theology they'll just kind of take something and run with it and they'll take one verse and say this is it you know this is this is it <laughs> this is what i'm gonna do yeah. straight uh, out of context <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, and then at first Timothy, this is pretty interesting for, for somebody that says you should, that the Bible never teaches you should ever drink wine. Uh, I don't think it's because the verses say it, and we'll get into that here in just a second, but, uh, first, first Timothy 5, 23, Paul tells Timothy, um, he, because Timothy is sick and this is a very popular verse for multiple reasons, especially you know, you know, when you get into the apostolic sign gifts and stuff, like why didn't Paul just heal Timothy and all that stuff. But, uh, specifically for our context today, we want to talk about this, what he tells Timothy. He says, no longer drink water excessively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments, right? So one of the things I've heard about wine is that if you have just a little bit, uh, it can actually uh, help you uh, with your health. Uh, just a little bit of wine, I mean, anything, just about anything in excess, even, I mean, even if you just uh, sat around and just ate vegetables all the time, I mean, anything in excess uh, is actually bad for you, you know, and so the same thing with wine, even, even physically, uh, if you drink too much wine, it can be really bad for you, but, uh, sometimes a little bit can help, uh, health wise. It has some benefits to it, uh, specifically wine. I don't know that, uh, drinking vodka is going to have too many health benefits for you. But, uh, yeah, I've heard beer from a medical perspective. I forgot exactly what it was for, but they said to have a beer before you go to bed or something. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and, I, and I've, we'll get to that here in just a second too. But all right, so and then uh, one, one more passage we want to talk about. I don't really have specific verses for this, uh, but in John chapter two, the first, uh, the first miracle, the first recorded miracle of Jesus or public miracle uh, was when he uh, turned the water into wine at the wedding of one of his friend's weddings. Um, they ran out of wine, and then his mother, John's, Jesus's mother, asked Jesus to uh, help and turn the water into wine. And uh, so Jesus does that. And specifically, what's interesting is in John 2.10, so after Jesus does this, uh, this is a miracle, okay? This is an absolute miracle. Everybody that is involved knows it, and they know it's a miracle, and know this wasn't just circumstance. They know this wasn't, wasn't just uh, you know, just more water or, or, you know, tasty water or something. Uh, this was wine and it was actually better wine than what they had before because, uh, the guy, the guy who was, uh, you know, giving out the drinks and stuff, uh, it says everyone sets out the, fi the first, the fine wine first. And then after people are drunk, the inferior, but you have kept the fine wine until now. I think I may have just misspoke. I don't remember if it was, uh, I guess it's not really important, but I don't remember exactly who it was that said that. I just put down the verse there, but uh, the head waiter, yeah. Uh, the head waiter said that. So anyways, um, or the groom. You know what? It's not important. <laughs> the important thing was is that what Jesus said here, uh, what Jesus when, when Jesus did this, that he created a very, very tasty wine, and uh, that this wine actually was wine. Uh, and on, on Got Questions, uh, they talk about this a little bit. In that Jewish tradition, they used to always drink fermented wine. And like this guy says, they would always put the fine wine out first because then once, once people started getting uh, intoxicated, they then they bring out the lesser, weaker wine, right? Because you don't want people to have, you know, wine, the best wine at the end because then everybody gets drunk. And drunkenness, according to Jewish tradition, is a sin. So, uh, all right, Christian, you got anything to add there? It was the head waiter called the bridegroom over and told him that. I just had to look it up to make sure. And there was a book apparently written by some guy that said this was not wine that Jesus turned it into, which I don't get where he gets any of that evidence from. But we're also going to bring up what is uh, people often say that wine was not in the Bible, that it was upgraded grape juice, pretty much. But we're about to get into why that's wrong for you. And I mean, I've been there, done that, said that argument as a reason not to drink wine. But excited to go over that, share that with everybody. Yeah, go ahead. You can jump into it. Yeah, so we found this article that was posted by the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary about the difference between alcohol then and now. It says ancient beverages did not contain distilled alcohol like modern alcoholic beverages often do. This distillation, whoa, tongue twister, was invented by Arab Kemp alchemists in the 8th century, long after the New Testament era. The strongest alcoholic beverage that was accessible to the New Testament authors and original readers was natural wine and an alcoholic content of 11 to 12 percent before dilution. And oftentimes they diluted it at least two to one. And I think within this article, they said that probably Jesus's one that they did at the Lord's Supper was probably a three to one ratio. 
and then comparing it now to uh, common alcoholic beverages now, vodka is usually, it says ABV, which is alcohol by volume. Vodka is usually 40 to 95%. Gin is 36 to 50%. Rum is 36 to 50%. Whiskey is 36 to 50%. Tequila is 50 to 51%. Liquors is 15%. Fortified wine which is before dilution is, or adding anything is 16 to 24%. Um, fortified wine is 14 to 16%. Beer is four to 8%. And malt beverage is 15%. And so if you have maybe the argument, I'm drinking them out as much as they were back then, it's pretty much the average to a beer is the amount of alcoholic level that they had during that time with the amount of dilution. And so it's pretty cool looking back. So there was a slight, you can see the difference between the wine we have now and the wine they had back then. And it was something where they probably have a glass during the supper or when they're taking the Lord's supper, I mean, they're passing the cup around, they're taking a sip. It's not anything that they're going crazy about. You got any pointers on that, Jonathan? Yeah, looking so, at the article. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what's that's, that's one of the that's one of my concerns uh, today is that a lot of people will say, all right, though they drink wine then, so we can drink wine now. Oh, they aren't gonna say wine, they're gonna say alcohol. Uh, they drink wine, they drink alcohol then, so we can drink alcohol now. Uh, but then but but if if you ignore this fact, so um, yeah, the fact is that, yeah, they did drink alcohol in the Bible, okay? Uh, but how much alcohol? Was it strong drink? You know, I mean, and they definitely, if, if any, anybody, any story of anybody getting drunk in the Bible, uh, it was sin, uh, any story. And so uh, they never did get drunk. And if they drank wine, it was, it was, uh, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like social drinking. I guess it was kind of social drinking, but not the way in we see it today. I think this is, I guess my main issue is that the if you ignore the historical differences between then and now, and then just say it's equal in everything to what they were doing then. So anytime I want to party, I can drink. Anytime I want to do this, I can drink. I think you're getting into very dangerous grounds. And if you ignore the fact that alcohol then was a lot weaker than most, most of the stuff that anybody would drink today, I think if you ignore that, then you are going to lead yourself down into a path of sin. All right. So, uh, and not only that, there. It, it, my question is always going to be, you know, if you decide to drink alcohol, why? Why have you decided to drink alcohol? Uh, is is there really a good reason that you have for drinking alcohol? Because what ends up happening is that a lot of people try to do anything in moderation. And after they, they moderate a little bit and they want a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and all of a sudden you slipped up, you know, and imagine, I mean, we've all heard the stories of different things that uh, we've all heard the stories of different things that happen when someone gets drunk, you know, like a drunk driver <clears throat> does not get drunk that night and say, you know what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go kill somebody with my car. You know, this is all things yeah. that happen. The Bible says to keep a sober mind. So uh, so, Christian, if you're done there, I'm ready to move on to the next. Yeah, I think we're good to move on. We're getting into slowly creeping into Christian freedom. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I'm worried if I don't move on, then we're just going to get there anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, drunkenness in the Bible. I only got two verses, but there's a lot of verses that condemn drunkenness. And not only that, there's stories uh, of like Noah getting drunk, and then there's a sins committed. And um, uh, I believe Lot, I want to say Lot got drunk, uh, and, and, uh, and there was sin committed, you know. So, anytime drunkenness is mentioned in the Bible, um, there, the sin follows, okay, or it is sin of itself, but then something worse follows after that sin. So, um, yeah. drunkenness in the Bible seems pretty clear. I've got two verses for you uh, Ephesians 5 18, and don't get drunk with wine, okay? So, that, that's pretty simple, <laughs> uh, which leads <laughs> to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Proverbs 21, wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler. Whoever goes astray because of them is not wise. So, if you're letting alcohol turn you away from the things of God, uh, then you are not wise, according to Proverbs. And uh, okay. the Proverbs is this whole, just the whole book is this, this, this relationship between the wise and the foolish and stuff like that. But uh, so it's clear as day that the Bible condemns drunkenness. So anytime anybody ever has this conversation, it's really never about the drunkenness aspect. You know, now I know Christians or people who claim to be Christians that, uh, that, are drunkard, drunkards, you know, they get drunk all yeah. the time, all the time, all the time. Well, this, I believe, is actually inconsistent with uh, uh, having the having the Holy Spirit, with with being a Christian. Um, so, yeah. and, and when we get to that point, because somebody always, you know, somebody asks, how do you know somebody's a Christian? Or, or if a, if a Christian sins, uh, what does that really mean? Well, it can mean one thing. Uh, the Christian has slipped up, right? The Christian has made a mistake, and has, has just fallen short of the glory of God yet again, just, you know, made a mistake, has repented, seek forgiveness or whatever. The other option is a Christian um, has committed the sin once before, felt conviction, hardened their hearts to the conviction, and continued on in that sin to the point where their hearts are so hardened that, that they are committing the sin and maybe not even feeling remorse anymore. Uh, my guess is that they are feeling miserable, that God is probably still trying to convict them, but they've hardened their hearts so much to it that it almost looks like they're not even Christians. So that's a very dangerous place to be. And people who are there all the time, I do definitely wonder about these people. Are you genuinely a Christian? Um, and then the third person could be somebody that sins, feels no remorse, no guilt, no conviction, nothing. This person does not have the Holy Spirit in their hearts because how could they? I mean, how could you go on sinning and abusing the grace of God with the Holy Spirit in your hearts? It's just not how it works. That's not what the fruit of the spirit is. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. So if you cannot control yourself around alcohol, or you do really have, do you really have the spirit in you? So uh, if you are continually to be a drunkard or somebody who gets drunk all the time, all the time, all the time, um, either, uh, you know, are you ignorant? Are you hard-hearted or are you simply not a born again Christian? So you really need to figure this out. Because Bible does say that drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you need to figure out what your issue is, okay? Uh, so uh, if you need somebody to talk to about that, listen, talk to me, all right? Uh, hopefully I'm not coming across as judgmental here. I'm just, this is more of a warning from the scriptures, all right? You need to talk to somebody. Let's, let's talk, let's figure this out and figure out what the issue is, okay? Uh, because we want everybody to be confident in their faith in Jesus Christ. All right, so uh, drunkenness in the Bible is an absolute for sure sin and goes against the teaching of Scripture. Christian, you got anything on that? Yeah, I mean, it's always leading into a dangerous road. There's really not 
there's only one story in the Bible, I think, I can think of where drunkenness turned out it's bad, but the guy who was drunk, it's the story of David and Uriah. Right after he slept with Bathsheba, he brought in Bathsheba's husband and got him drunk to try and cover up his sin. And Uriah had wanted nothing to do with what he was doing. So he slept and he was still, I guess, part of sober-minded because he thought, I'm not going to go home to be with my wife while my fellow guys are at war. So he still had some part of his sober mind. And so if you think of anything in the world, any situation, drunkenness is not going to help anybody. I don't think you can bring up a situation where a drunk person does anything. That yeah, is good. I'll give some more thoughts on that in my, uh, my closing thoughts. Um, and here's the last thing. Here's the last thing we want to talk about is Christian freedom. Okay. So if we, I think we've made, I think you can make a pretty clear cut case that in the Bible, drinking alcohol is not a sin. All right. Drinking alcohol, uh, like right now, if Christian had alcohol in that cup and not coffee, <laughs> it, would not, it would not be a sin. Right. Uh, because Christian is not coffee. getting drunk. Right. It is coffee, by the way. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, so Drinking alcohol is not a sin. I mean, that's pretty clear cut. Drunkenness is a sin, which is also very, very well <laughs> clear cut. Um, and so here's where we're left. All right. So if we can drink alcohol, then should we? <laughs> so, right. So I think there's two different questions here. Should we drink alcohol versus can we drink alcohol? Um, you know, because uh, there's a lot of things in the Bible where uh, in excess, it's wrong right? Or if it's misused, it's wrong. Like even anger, there's times you can be angry and not sin. You know, uh, there's times where you can drink alcohol and not sin, right? Um, but the Bible talks about what's called what we call Christian freedom. So within Christ, we are free to do certain things as a Christian. And one of those is to drink alcohol. But there are things that could stop us from being able to drink alcohol or, or uh, or that we should drink alcohol or whatever. And here's a couple of verses. So 1 Corinthians 10, 23 and 24, they're talking about, uh, uh, he's talking about food and food sacrifice to idols, right? So listen to what he says. This is Paul. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but for the good of the other person. In 1 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, but take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. And then in Romans 14, I won't, I won't read all of that, but in Romans 14, it has this conversation about strong Christians versus weak Christians. And the weak Christians are those who think that they are not free to eat, uh, that they are not free to eat uh, uh, any, any foods, right? They think that maybe they, only, they can only eat vegetables, Okay. Uh, and that is a that is their principle, and they're going to stick to it, right? Uh, and so, what, what he gets at though is he says, "Listen, whatever you do, this is kind of the bottom line for all of these verses. Whatever you do, uh, don't let it be something that's going to cause another person to stumble, right? Don't let it be something be because Paul's like, listen, we're not we're not around so we can eat and drink. We're around so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So." Uh, if, if what you're doing is going to cause someone else to stumble, 
then you should abstain from doing that. Then it becomes a sin. So for someone like me, who is a pastor, right? And not only that, I'm a youth pastor. And if youth, anything that you see me do, they're going to do it probably twice, if not three times as worse, right? So anything I do in moderation, they will do in excess. Same thing with parents. Anything you do in moderation or allow in moderation, your kids will do in excess, right? This is almost a known fact. And so if as a pastor, sure, as a Christian, I have the freedom that if I wanted to buy a bottle of wine, put it in my fridge and drink it every so often, right? I have that freedom. But if a teenager were to ask me or see that I was drinking wine, they, according to this kind of statistic, they would do that in excess. They say, well, if Pastor Jonathan can drink, then also I can drink. And they may may end up doing it in excess. And then it may cause someone to stumble. Not only that, as pastors and ministers, how many people are we talking to that are struggling with alcoholism, struggling with with coming out of a life of drunkenness and trying to be free from that? And they need people in their lives who have convictions and who are trying to make sure they lift other people up to the fullest. So, yeah, I am permissible to do all these things. But should I do all these things? I think the answer is no, right? Because I don't want anybody to stumble. I don't want anybody you know, to be hurt. And and there is a difference, you know, in different cultures you're in and stuff like that. But um, I think this is a great general principle that especially a pastor should never drink. And if you're a leader, you should never drink, you know? Um, And, and I don't know, Christian, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I've met a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people where they, even as unbelievers equate drinking with sin, like, you can be a Christian, but if they see you drinking, they're like, I thought he was a Christian. Christians aren't supposed to do that. They kind of take drinking and put it with the world. And I mean, the Bible tells us to be in the world, but not of it. And that is one of those things that are permissible, but we shouldn't do it. And we were talking before the podcast about bars and we can go into bars. We're permissible to go and have a drink. But the things that happen in bars, there's really nothing good happening in there. Yeah, you can fellowship, but there's going to be people that are sloppy drunk. There's going to be people acting like idiots. And you may not be there, but it's going to happen around you so you could get involved. It's like when parents keep their teenagers away from certain parties and they're like, you don't trust me. It's like, no, I don't trust the people that are going to be around you. You're putting yourself in a situation where you could be caught up in sin and you can be caught up with those around you. And so, especially for pastors, if unbelievers think of it as sin, especially for pastors, I think you should be away from it. Pastors are called to be above reproach and to have good, um, a good reputation within your community within those around you. So, but even as Christians, I don't think there's really much benefit to what you have there. There's more pros to stay away from it than there is to drink it, I think. This goes back to the question I said earlier. If you're going to drink or if you're going to do anything, why are you doing this thing, all right? That's something we have to ask ourselves constantly. You know, is it is it for, you know, there is a time and place that sometimes you need to do things for your own uh, pleasure. You know, there are times where, um, you know, the, the, the like Ecclesiastes says, enjoy the works of your labors, you know, 
you know, to take a time of rest, you know, do something that, that, uh, that, like a hobby or whatever it may be, you know, but for drinking, like, why are you drinking? You know, um, you know, I've had people tell me, oh, I'm a social drinker. I drink just, you know, if everybody's drinking, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come across, you know, strange or off-putting or holier than them or anything. So I'll have a little drink or whatever, but, uh, you know, honestly, I've, I've never drank in my entire life. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there are a few people that that just because of my convictions, they also have been convicted, you know, because they probably know, hey, I shouldn't be doing this. You know, they're doing it anyways. But, uh, you know, most of the time, though, people are like, oh, OK, yeah, I respect that. You know, you've got your uh, your views, especially if they're not Christian. You know, this. OK, I, I understand this. You've got your Christian views. I respect that, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean. I just don't, I would never encourage anybody to drink. Okay. So because yeah. this leads down a path and, and how many, how many families, golly, if I could, if you, if I could just get, I mean, I don't even know how, how big of a space we would need if we got every, every family that was just destroyed by alcohol, you know? Yeah. If we got every, you know, yeah. People who drank themselves to death, you know, uh, you know, and, and it all starts in moderation, you know? I'm sure everybody doesn't decide that I'm just going to go get drunk tonight and go hurt somebody, or I'm going to get drunk and go to jail tonight or whatever, you know, uh, we just, we gotta, we gotta make sure we're honoring God. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more that could be said about that and the fact that that's not happening, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. We've got addictive, we've got addictive personalities. Like somebody may not be, addictive with alcohol but there's plenty of other things whether it's pornography whether it's listening to a certain type of music whether it's drinking whether it's drugs and now we have i mean the medicated drugs the addictions there among people is even at a high rate and so it may not be alcohol but we have an addictive personality so anything that can become addictive we just need to act especially with caution and maybe that caution is to just stay away from it period yeah all right uh let's get some final thoughts here so listen uh my my final thoughts are always you know uh, are you doing this for the glory of god all right uh why are you drinking uh if you are are you doing it in excess you know are you doing are you drinking too much are you honoring God in that? Is there anybody around you that may stumble because of <clears throat> your drinking habits? Uh, you know, and I, I think uh, I just, I've heard a lot from different people and I just, I don't know. I just think you're always, I think you're going to be safer uh, to not drink, even though the Bible doesn't necessarily condemn uh, drinking even, but you know, and you also have to take in consideration though that the alcohol then was different. And so when you're like, well, I'm just going to have a little bit of this. Well, you're probably already drinking more than <laughs> more alcohol than they did in the Bible times at an entire party or something, you know? Uh, yeah. You just got to be careful. And uh, we wanted to put this out there because I know there's a lot of confusion about this. No, a lot of people are wondering, um, you know, so what are, what are the, what is the final thing uh, for me is I'm always going to encourage people do not drink whatsoever. All right. Because I know I know very few people that can just drink a little bit of alcohol and that and that be it. You know, uh, I also know somebody though that they've become so reliant on alcohol. This is a non-Christian here, but 
uh, somebody has become so reliant on alcohol that that they literally have to have alcohol so they can sleep at night. Uh, they literally have to have a, a, a buzz or even get drunk a little bit um, to be able to sleep at night. I mean, obviously the issue there is they have that they don't have hope in Jesus Christ, but um, you know, it, alcohol is a, a huge thing in our culture. And uh, I think as Christians, I think we can, we can speak a louder witness because I've had a lot of conversations with people just simply because I rejected uh, drinking alcohol. I've had a lot of conversations with people about that. And uh, it's led to gospel conversations, you know, and people, uh, people respect that too. They respect a person who follows their religious convictions to the point where they will, even in a crowd of people, they will still be the only one in the room <laughs> that doesn't participate <laughs> in what's going on, you know? So there is a witness in that. And um, I think that's probably the best way to honor God, especially in our culture is just to stay as far away from alcohol as possible Make sure it doesn't even, you know, touch your family and, uh, you know, and, and watch out for your, your kids, your family members, and just tell them, say, listen, you know, especially if they're Christian, is this really honoring God? Are you really honoring God by drinking alcohol? You know, uh, and, and listen, the arguments, you can argue this stuff all day long. You can come up with the excuses. You can come up with the excuse of, 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 of reasons why you should be able to drink alcohol and, and why it's not really that bad and all that. You can come up with those excuses all day. Um, but one of the things I, I fear for Christians is that Christians like to toe the line nowadays. And we need to get as far away from the line as possible. So we're not even close to any temptation because um, somebody who doesn't drink alcohol at all is going to be way further away from the temptation of drunkenness than someone who drinks alcohol on a daily basis, right? So uh, we just need to keep all that in mind. Keep, take it all into consideration. Uh, but in your Christian freedom, if you feel like you, there is nobody, nobody's, you know, you're not causing anybody to stumble, you know, you maybe you're just drinking in private, maybe you got a bottle of wine in your fridge, or, you know, maybe you have a beer here and there or whatever, right? You're not condemned by the scriptures because of that. Uh, but you also need to be careful if you, if you are coming out of alcoholism, you've been an alcoholic, you know, obviously drinking one beer can be detrimental to the rest of your life. Uh, you can go back into uh, that addiction. Uh, so I think it's always just going to be best to run far away from it. Uh, but also thank God that because, you know, if if you do drink, maybe you only drink sometimes, maybe if it's at a wedding, they have wine and a toast, and you drink a small glass of wine, and you do that once every two years or something like that. I mean, thank God that we have the freedom in Christ to be able to do stuff like that. Um, but uh, just there's just a lot of questions there to think about. Um, and so the bottom line is, does the Bible condemn drunkenness? Yes. Does the Bible condemn drinking alcohol? No. Right. What is the, what is the suggestion based on all of that? The, the suggestion is to glorify God to the best of your ability. Right, Christian. Yeah, that's great thoughts. I think Hebrews 12, one and two really sums it up. There's a little uh, clip of John Piper talking about this verse because it goes um, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles. And let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so it's, it says throwing off everything that hinders and then says the sin. So I think alcohol will would fall in that category of something that hinders. And John Piper goes, we need to stop asking asking the question, is it a sin? 
because we can ask that question all day and we've asked that question on here that's everybody's question for almost anything our first question is is it a sin and we a lot of times we stop there but there needs to be a follow-up question does it hinder us from glorifying god from walking with christ and i think alcohol is one of those things that hinders us and i think um it says it in matthew talking about causing a young one to stumble it says it's better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and thrown into the sea than to make a little one stumble. And so with me and Jonathan as youth pastors, especially one, it's illegal for them to drink at that age. And two, if they see, like he said before, if they see us doing it, they're going to want to do it and do it worse because self-control is a long learned attribute along learn through the spirit that we constantly grow in and so like jonathan said that our best suggestion is to stay away from it but we have our freedoms in christ and we we encourage y'all to go and look at these passages we mentioned there's plenty of others um godquestions.org is almost always a good source to look up there's articles by them and if you find an article and you're like, hey, is this any good? You can send it over to us. We'll look at it. We'll respond to it and respond back to you. And so we encourage you all to study up on this topic. If you have any more topics, let us know. Yeah. All right, everybody. Listen, thank you so much for watching Grace Bond Ministries. Um, uh, we, are, we are excited. There is some cool stuff happening in Grace Bond Ministries and uh, uh, Christian and I both have, have prayed about it and we just really feel like God is telling us to continue on doing this ministry and continue on sharing the, uh, the word of God. And so, uh, but anyways, yeah, thank you guys so much for your support and listening. Uh, send this to someone and uh, listen, tell them, uh, listen, I'm not, we're not the uh, cool thing about us is we're not like, you know, we're not busy. We're not like uh, uh, crazy famous or nothing. So it's like, you can get a hold of us and you can actually talk to us individually about what we've actually said on this podcast, you know, so reach out to us and uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, we can have a very interesting uh, conversation and we can get down to some of the uh, more detailed things on this topic or other topics. So, uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you all on the next podcast. God bless. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now, uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.